0: I'm Don Kennedy, your host of the Profit Accelerator podcast. I'm an attorney, author, mentor, and CEO of a growing coffee company. Thanks for joining me on the show that looks at all aspects of business from the mindset to the sales, to the money left over at the end of the month with tips and strategies to help you navigate this amazing ride called entrepreneurship. Thanks for making us part of your journey. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Profit Accelerator podcast. So we're talking today about intergenerational entrepreneurship or building a legacy business that you can pass on. So I brought in Julie to talk to us on this topic. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Dawn. I really appreciate it. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Can you start by telling everyone who you are and who you serve?
1: Absolutely. I'm Julie Noonan. I'm a change strategist and an executive coach. I serve um, typically leaders between 50 to 70 years old who are looking to either um, get out of corporate America, quote unquote, retire, although retirement is a misnomer anymore, um, and looking to decide what their purpose is for the next phase in their lives. So this is a very important topic
0: because business has changed so much over even the last 15 years, like now, social media marketing and and some of these website needs and things that weren't even business related when some of us entered into the workforce. So how are you helping people transition, especially if they own businesses, when these are going to be real needs to add value? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I have found in in speaking with, particularly entrepreneurs that have built multiple businesses over their lifetimes, is that they're relatively reluctant to um, to sell and or get rid of or pass down their businesses. Um, they just, because they're living longer, they're healthier. Uh, they are more vibrant. They are redefining what retirement really means to them. Um they, they really are staying in business longer. They're wanting to stay around longer and add value to their businesses, um, even into their 70s and 80s in, in many cases. And that's causing some consternation, as you can imagine, with their, the next generation that's coming up um, into power in their organizations so one of the things that I like to try and do um, in my coaching practice is to talk to them about purpose and to talk to them about what is it that um, that they're really seeking to uh, accomplish in staying around? Is it their need for power or control? Is it their need to continue to um, feel feel like that they are in charge? Or do they really and truly identify so heavily with their business that without it they feel lost? Um, many of them have identified with their businesses so much that without it they they feel like that they're nothing. And um, a lot of times um, it, it takes them a while to realize that they that apart from their business they are their own person um particularly women, I'm finding um, they entrepreneur entrepreneurial women um, often when they leave a business that they have grown, the business closes. Um, 60 to 70 percent of women entrepreneurs when they leave their business, they actually close the business rather than selling it, or passing it down. And I find that that's a a terribly um, sobering statistic. And I can't remember where I heard that from, I need to go and, um, and find that. And just to verify that that's a, that is a true statistic. But um, I did hear that several months ago, and I need to go and look that up. But that is, that is very sobering to me. And we need to make sure that women are leaving their mark in the business world because we've done a lot of work that isn't lasting when we go to fulfill our next stage in our lives.
0: Right. I have actually seen that where women will just close the business when the husband retires rather than, like you said, sell it or leave it to the next generation. Do you right. think that is because they don't see value in what they've built or they don't think it's
1: you know worth marketing and selling? Well, I think, I think like many women, um, you know, they devalue not only themselves, but also the business that they've created. They look at it and they think, okay, well, it's just, you know, it's just me who would want to, who would want to buy this, you know, um, how, what is the value of this without me there? The business is me who would want to buy this. And so they don't take the time to actually speak with someone who could share with them what that the intrinsic value of that business is. They don't think about what their customer base is worth. They don't think about what the the um, the network potential the the um, you know the opportunity um, of that business the opportunity cost of that business is. And so they don't take the time or they don't understand how to value that business, nor do they speak with um, individuals in the marketplace who could help them value that business, nor um, put it up for sale and then get the value out of it that they deserve. So um, they devalue the, the business as they do themselves many times. Right.
0: I mean, business goodwill has a value. The reputation that's been built under a specific name for, let's say, 15, 20 years does actually have value in the marketplace. And, Absolutely. you know, I, I wonder if some of this transition resistance is the fact that things are very different the way that we do marketing and sales today, that mm-hmm. they think it doesn't necessarily transition the
1: same way. Exactly. I think that once... They feel like that they take their name away from it or um, or they don't feel like that they have someone that they trust enough to to leave their name with that next person. Um, You know that that they just decide that it's not worth it and then they walk away from it um, without the appropriate amount of counsel um, or guidance. And that's a shame, in my opinion. Uh, I looked up several months ago, I did a LinkedIn article about, I looked up all of the big, the 100 most rich people in the world. And out of all of those 100, there is not one single self-made woman on the list. Every woman who was part of that list had either inherited her wealth and or had um, inherited it out of a divorce. And I was shocked by that. And I was disappointed by that as well, because it just reinforced to me that, you know, women are not are not building their own legacies quite yet. They are making incredible strides and they are so creative and so innovative. But there are forces, you know, both within intrinsic within ourselves and also, you know, outside of us that get in the way of our um, for, forging legacies that can be as as profitable or as sustainable as what men in our generations are experiencing right now. You brought up an interesting topic
0: of trust. And, you know, women... Um, I don't know why they may not trust that someone else can carry forward their legacy mm-hmm. maybe as easily as men can. Um, and I wonder if that's because, like you were saying, there's kind of this personal attachment to it where men might think of it as just business. Women will maybe attach their identities to it in a different way.
1: Um, I think there's some some level of truth to that. I think men get just as attached to their to their businesses as women do um, in some ways. However, their attachment tends to be more um, based on ego. And so when it comes down to um, letting go of that business, as long as that business is perceived to be a a success um, and they are passing it along as a success and it continues to be a success, they continue to get um, to get the boost from that. Uh, women, on the other hand, continue to want to uh, nurture the business. They continue to see it more as a as a part of themselves, more than an external outcome of work that they've done. Right. And so um, it's that separation that men seem to be able to uh, accomplish a little bit easier than women do. And, and obviously, I am not a psychologist or psychiatrist. So these are just my observations. But it seems to me like that that women uh, tend to get more emotionally attached. Um, to the business, they, they seem to want to nurture the business a little bit more than uh, men do. And men tend to get more uh, attached to the outcomes that come out of the business.
0: So, from your experience and perspectives, do you see that the trust is maybe a little easier for passing it along if it's a family member or somebody who's maybe worked closely in the business
1: for you know a, certainly at the time maybe ten years? Oh, absolutely, and and absolutely, and I think that um, for a woman, when when the woman can can spend the time and bring up someone. Um, by her side, who, who she has time to really invest, um, invest time in, invest leadership, invest values, and show the ropes, basically see the person perform and get a really good feeling about that person. Um, It's a lot easier for her to, to pass it along um, to that person. So what are the important things that we need to be
0: thinking about if we are thinking about an exit strategy in the future, Mm -hmm. besides things like, you know, processes or marketing, what are some of the other things we should be putting into consideration? You know, I think it's important to always try to have that outlook that we're not
1: just going to let it close with us. Absolutely. Well, I think probably number one is that just um, just like anything in this world. It, things change right and just the the open-mindedness that one needs to cultivate um in allowing things to change and evolve and grow allowing um allowing your baby if you will your business to morph allowing someone um, behind you some someone that you are, trusting to take over after you, allowing them to try new things, allowing them to try new products, to um, sample new markets, to delve into new things, um, even, you know, even relatively risky things is something that you have to be open to. Um, When you become so closed off to new ideas and situations is when you aren't leaving a Legacy what you're leaving is something that is um is going to be out of out of step with reality as soon as you walk out the door um right, it's going right. to die on the vine if you will and um true you know true companies that live the longest are the ones that, Innovate and grow logically, and they grow steadily. Uh, they don't jump on every new bandwagon that comes along, but by the same token, they don't um, they don't wait for for new innovation to get so far ahead of them that they can't catch up either. Um, and so, as a as a person who who grew the business from scratch, um. Continuing to honor that the intrinsic values of the company, but yet let the company grow and morph into what it eventually needs to be for the future is very, very important.
0: So it's basically the values, maybe some of the traditions, but being open to doing the business changes that happen as we evolve in the world. Um, I guess my question about that is let's go back to the perspectives you have with the um, people that you work with. You know, what Mm -hmm. is the comfort level that you see where that's going to happen and how can we get comfortable with that? I have heard in the past, well, we don't do it that way anymore. We've never done it that way. How do we get someone to be comfortable enough to be open minded to find a successor or someone in the next generation to take the business forward?
1: Right. Um, Well, you know, there's always the carrot and the stick approach. (laughs) Um, The carrot approach is let's talk about what your next purpose is going to be. And what is it that you see as your next step in your personal life? Does it include continuing within this business? And if it does, what does that look like? So a lot of my clients want to continue to be an advisor. They want to continue to, as, as one of my clients put it, use their gray hair, uh, meaning they want to continue to um, advise based on their many, many, many years of business experience. They want to con- continue to uh, make connections based on their vast network of um of former clients and colleagues. and that's all great. And so we put boundaries around that that the new generation can live with and the and this, you know, the former um, owner can live with and we go with that. And that's there the boundaries that we set are acceptable on both sides. And then we check in and check in, you know, over time. The other thing that we do to actually get them out entirely is, okay, if you don't see being a part of the business as part of your next step in your journey, what is the next step in your journey? And if it doesn't include part of the business, how are you going to get comfortable that your business is being run the way that it means success to you? And then we talk about not about business metrics, not about money made, not about um, those kinds of things. But we talk about the values of the company. We talk about the impact that it's making in the world, and the the impact that it has on customers and the employees. And I like to keep it at that level, so that um, the values are the things that the old guard and the new guard agree on first. That builds the foundation. That then, regardless of how they cho- how they choose to move forward, um, if the new guard wants to do new product lines or they want to innovate in a different way, than the old guard would have. Um, that's kind of a secondary conversation. And as long as they agree on that foundational piece, nine times out of 10, the old guard is fine with leaving the leaving the business at a at a predefined point, because they feel like that they've made their mark in the world in the way that they wanted to.
0: Right. So from your perspective, you know, what is the, I guess, length of time that you normally want people to think about transition and maybe consider transitioning before they have had all of their needs met and they can pass the torch?
1: It really depends on the person. Um, I have counseled uh, individuals from 10 years before, (laughs) you know, they're ready to go. All the way up to six months before they're ready to go. Um, it really just depends. Uh, it there is no set time frame. I would say that for overt action, um, a year is about the soonest that overt action definitely needs to start because there there are legal ramifications um that you need to get into place, uh, particularly for mid to large size companies, um, small family-owned businesses, you, you know, you can run into um, family dynamics that have to be worked through, et cetera. And those can be relatively difficult. Um, and the more time you have with those, sometimes the better, sometimes not so much the better. <laughs> sometimes you need to have a lawyer come in and rip the band-aid off, if you will. But um, but generally speaking, more than a year of overt action is is kind of too much, you know? It's it's too much churn, it's too much change over a long period of time. Too much ambiguity. So, yeah, someone can, can come to me 10 years in advance, but it usually means that they have a phased approach of, I want to slowly uh, migrate through less and less responsibility, less and less time spent over the next 10 years so that when I do decide to, to formally leave the company, it's not going to be a big, a big deal, you know? Um, But then when I have the one year person, uh, usually it's, it's pretty, a pretty active year that they will go through. So
0: inside ourselves, as we are, growing businesses and we're getting a little older and we're getting up there, you know, clients age, fifties, sixties, seventies, what could be some internal clues that we should be aware of that, Hey, maybe it's time for us to find a successor or figure out what's next. Um,
1: Well, the first clue is you're running on autopilot. Um, Mm -hmm. If you feel like the, you know, been there, done that more, and, and and it's difficult for you to get excited um, because there doesn't feel like there's anything new. Um, if you feel like that you're solving the same problems over and over again, um, if you're watching the younger folks in your organization get excited over some things and you are wondering why because you've you've seen it all before, that might be a clue. (laughs) That might be a clue that uh, maybe you should start looking at it from their perspective and step in in more of a mentoring or coaching role. Um, Shake it up for yourself and start looking at it from a, okay, now is the time for me to start giving back into teaching these others coaching, not teaching, but coaching, um, giving them some stretch assignments, stepping back from being directive if I if that's who I am anyway. Um, giving away a lot more authority um, delegating a lot more of this responsibility. And at the same time, looking around for where am I, where is my next passion?
0: Right. Seems like it comes from two places where Mm -hmm. you are going to be looking and realizing that you're just not excited to be here anymore. And there's something else on the horizon you'd rather be doing. Um, But again, Mm -hmm. you know, having that huge sense of responsibility, particularly if you built the company from the ground up, you know, we have to validate that. And um, I think it's important to be thinking about the future, maybe a few years out, but it's, it's kind of a nice uh, sort of timeline to say, Hey, listen, you want to be thinking about this out and it should take, or it might take at least a year so that people don't burn out and then close their businesses. And I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if that's maybe one of the reasons that um, people don't sell is they get to the point where they're done, they have another passion and they've burned out without giving this earlier thought to kind of a transition or a sale.
1: Absolutely. Or like you said, there's a tremendous amount of responsibility that they feel. Um, One of the traps that a lot of times a business owner will fall into is um, this whole place would fall apart without me. Mm. Guess what? It won't. (laughs) (laughs) If you've built it right, it will not fall apart without you. Yeah. And that's that's, a hard pill to swallow. It really is. But the the flip side of that is look how well you've built it. Look how how wonderful of a company this is, that you've built something that will run without you. Right. And that's, you know, that is that's a testimony to the fact that you've built something that's self-sustaining. That is quite a perspective
0: shift. And I think that's um, an important perspective shift that we look not only to what we've built and that we've built it, but the Mm -hmm. impact that it has and how we continue to do so in the future.
1: Absolutely. And the other thing, too, is, you know, having that responsibility. Um, Yes, it is a responsibility, but it's not your responsibility alone absolutely and, you know and understanding that every single person in that company has responsibility for um making that company work
0: right right well, this has been an incredibly important conversation and i appreciate you having this with mm-hmm. me how can people find you and learn more about how you help people find their next step and transition mm-hmm. to their next phase of life?
1: Well, definitely LinkedIn. Just just search for me, Julie Noonan. You'll find me. And then also um, I have a website, jnoonanconsulting.com. And there are, are is everything you would ever want to know about me on there along with a calendar link if you'd like to set a time up and we can chat. Love this. So we will be putting all of that information
0: down inside the show notes. So mm-hmm. if you find us on the day that we release, or if you find us two years from now, you'll still be able to get in touch with Julie and get the support that you may need to go ahead and transition um, to really the, <laughs> the retirement in quotations mm-hmm. that you deserve. So Thank you so much, Julie, for having this conversation. it's very important. And I'm really glad that we were able to bring this to the audience.
1: Thank you, Dawn. I appreciate being here with you.
0: Okay. I'll talk to you all next time on the next episode right. of the Profit Accelerator Podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Profit Accelerator Podcast. If you want some more information about me or free resources, please visit my updated website, dawnkkennedy.com. Follow me on social at Don K. Kennedy XO on Instagram and on
1: Facebook at Don K. Kennedy Mentor. I'll see you next time.